Amen. We thank God so much. We've been talking about grace. This month has been christened our month of grace. Amen. And on Sunday, Reverend Gloria talked about a lot of very, very sensitive things on grace. And one of the things that I took from it, and which is very true and very practical, is that grace is one of the things that separate our faith from any other faith. I tell you, the grace that we, ben- we enjoy in this faith, you have no idea. The how straight some faiths are, how straight they are in how even to fast, even to pray. When you sin, when you do this, when you do that, I tell you, it's not a joke. Recently, a faith was fasting and I was having a chat with a friend. And I was asking him, so how is it done? And I tell you, the laws on the, the thing is, is not a joke. You know, in church, you say that, oh, we are fasting. Then we don't even say much about the fast. But I tell you, if you miss a day, you are even going to fast for life. You are, the whole fast will not be accepted. And you have to start all over again and all that. I tell you, it's not a joke. But God has been grateful to you and I. And we find ourselves in a faith that... The grace of God is something that I tell you, we cannot take it for granted. Amen. So today I want to talk still about the grace and talk about the blessings of the grace of God. The blessings. The blessings of the... How many of us think that there is a blessing in the grace? There is a blessing in the grace of God. Amen. I want us to read from Titus, Titus, Titus. Amen. You know, I don't know if that... that but when I was young, I never thought that Titus was in the Bible. I knew Titus to be something else. How many of us know what I'm talking about? <laughs> it was, it was so. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if it's, it's, it's in this part of the world. It is. Ah, uh, okay. Wow. Then it's an, it's an international company. Wow. Yeah, I knew Titus to be a sardine. <laughs> I don't know that it is in the Bible. Amen. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 to 14. The Bible says that for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. I will add the 15. Speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority, let no one despise you. Amen. So this letter Paul wrote to one of his sons called Titus. And if you read from the verse 1, he was talking about what men are supposed to do, what women are supposed to do, what old women are supposed to do, what young women are supposed to do, what servants are supposed to do. Then he gets to this point, then he begins to talk about the blessings of the grace that you and I are enjoying. Amen. And the first thing that he says that the grace of God that brings salvation. 
So the first blessing of the grace of God is that it brings salvation. One of the blessings that the grace of God brings is salvation. I tell you that if you and I, when you read through the Old Testament and you realize that when somebody commits a sin, the processes that somebody must go through for the sin to even be forgiven, it's not a joke. The type of lamp that you are supposed to get, if the, the, the lamp is supposed to be spotless, you know, so if you go and get a lamp that has set it will not be accepted. And the grace that God has given unto you and I, the first thing that is brought unto us is that it's brought salvation. And because of that salvation that you and I have gotten, that's why we too must be able to extend it to others. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9, the choir, they were in the spirit, they when they sang the song and Sally read that scripture. It says, for the grace you have been saved through, for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, least any man, anyone should boast. Amen. The grace that you and I are enjoying is for by grace have you been saved, not by works. Amen. The grace that you and I are enjoying is not by works. It's not by works, but it's just by the grace of God. Amen. And the second thing that the, in the second blessing of the grace is that it has appeared unto all men. And I believe that that is where the salvation and our passion to try and get a lot of people into the fold comes in. He says that for the grace of God, which brings salvation, has appeared to all men. The grace of God has appeared unto all men. So you see that it's like a package that the government has. They say that, oh, we have this warfare package that every citizen must enjoy. And is that that package is that because of the COVID, every citizen should get five thousand pounds. So it's, it's an example that I'm giving. <laughs> Amen. But you see, the announcement has been made. It was made by Joy, Boris Johnson, maybe on BBC or something like that. But you know, some people don't watch the news. Some people don't go to BBC. Some people don't use any of these news outlets, so they don't know. So on, although this package of 5,000 pounds exists for them, unless you and I go and tell them that there is a 5,000 somewhere for you, they will never have it. So the Bible is saying that the grace of God has appeared unto all men, has appeared unto Africans, has appeared unto Europeans, has appeared unto Americans, Indians, Asians, whoever, has appeared unto them. Whether they believe or not, it has appeared unto them. Whether they are atheist, agnostic, whatever they want to describe themselves, whatever gender they want to give to themselves, the grace of God has appeared unto them. Amen. But you and I have been privileged to get to know that indeed there is a grace that has appeared unto all mankind. You get it? So it is up to you and I to be able to extend that grace. It's not that you are giving the grace because you and I cannot give grace to somebody. We even need it more in our lives, I tell you. We need the grace of God more. But all that we can do is to let somebody know about that particular grace 
that it exists. The Bible says in John 3, it said, For God so loved the world that he gave his holy begotten son, that whosoever, the, the, the main word there is whosoever believes in him shall not perish or have ever, everlasting life. So that grace is for whosoever. That grace is for you and I. And what will make it even very sad is that when we begin to keep it for ourselves. Amen. And that's one thing that I like about this church, that the grace that we are enjoying, we don't always, because you see, there's that place where we can get to that once we've gotten the grace, now we are looking for higher graces. So the grace of healing, the grace of prosperity, the grace of, uh, oh yes, everything, you want to get it. You get it? But you see, one, thing, one, one of the graces that is very universal is the grace of salvation. Because I tell you, when, if you move from this country and you go to another country or another continent, the things that they will consider grace, when they come here, it will not be considered grace. Because somebody said, oh, God's grace has located me. I've gotten a visa. You, meanwhile, the, the place that the person wants to go, you are already here. So you will not consider that one to be grace. You don't need that grace. So that grace, which is very universal that everybody needs, is that of salvation. Amen. And the Bible is telling us that it has appeared unto all men. It has appeared unto all men. So let's take it that now the news is on BBC and you and I have gone to watch it. So what are we going to do? We have to let others know. We have to let others know that that grace, that grace, that grace that Jesus had to come down is available. And you see, one thing about this is that this, this particular kind of message and this particular kind of grace, it is never a key. And it is never like, oh, the word has gone to, the word has been so advanced that now that message, it, you see that the more the word advances, the more that we see that that message of grace is needed. I tell you. Because if you see what is going on in our world today with those who call themselves very educated, now even if you go to on social media, I tell you that you see that the message of grace is even needed more. Now when I'm watching, I'm watching anything on any of the various social media websites. I don't read comments. Because sometimes the comments can even make you go crazy. I tell you. See that some people really need some grace of God. <laughs> Amen. So I tell you that you and I, that grace which has appeared unto us, probably you did not know that the grace has appeared unto all men. Or probably you thought that, oh, the grace has appeared unto men of my own color. You know, because now that's what, unfortunately, some churches have been formed around. Some churches have been formed around certain color. Some churches have been formed on food. Some churches have been formed on them. When I say food, it means that, like, let's say somebody went to read the Bible. said, oh, we are not supposed to eat this. Then a church comes out of it. Some churches have been formed around a day of worship. Some churches. So all these kind of things are existing. But you see, the Bible is saying that that grace is not based on any of these things that we've decided to entangle ourselves with. But that grace is for all. Amen. And that one alone is even, how do we call it? That one alone is even welcoming to let somebody know that that grace too is for you. It doesn't matter what you have done or what you think your past is, that grace is for you. You qualify. The qualification is that whosoever, whosoever, 
And so that even this particular, <laughs> if you are not come today, it would have been better. But I think that once you've come today and you've come to realize that it has appeared unto all men, then you and I are the ones that are supposed to amplify it. Yeah. You get it? Make it public. Let people know that that grace, that grace that God gives, that grace that God affords is for everybody. Amen. And the third thing that the grace of God brings is that the grace of God also teaches us certain things. Amen. You know, sometimes when we talk about the grace, we think that, oh, the grace is just that, uh, what do you call it? It's like a toffee. But the grace that we enjoy also teaches us certain things. Amen. The first thing that the grace teaches us that is teaches us to deny ungodliness. Amen. And you see, when it comes to this subject, that in this dispensation that we talk a lot about grace, I think that our dispensation is a period that the subject of grace is really abused. And it is used as, a, what do you call it? A ticket for a lot of things. But actually, the Bible is teaching us that we are reading, we, see we are taking it one after the other from the scripture. He says that the grace that God has given unto you and I, the first thing that it teaches us, that it teaches us to deny ungodliness. So actually, it is not grace that um, uh, propels us to ungodliness, but actually it is the grace that really is teaching us to come out from ungodliness. You get it? It is not, it is not saying that, oh, because once I the grace of God has appeared unto me. So once I do it and I go back and I repent, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be forgiven. It is not true. I saw a scripture once, I think it was in Hosea. Let me read it. That really, really scared me. It was there, I think. Oh, is it was there, chapter four. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll get it and read it. But what the scripture was talking about is that Ephraim has joined himself to an idol. You can search it and find it for me. Ephraim has joined himself to an idol. Let him alone. Is that Hosea 4.17? Yeah. Hosea chapter 4, verse 17. Yes. He said, Ephraim is joined to idols. Let him alone. When I read that scripture, it really scared me. Because you see, you might think that, oh, because of the grace of God, I'm doing this. Because of the grace of God, I'm doing this. Because of the grace of God, I'm doing this. But one of the greatest things that can even happen to you is for even your mother or your father to say, that, okay, you have, I have left you. You continue to do whatever I want to do. It is a very dangerous place to be. And I don't think that we want to find ourselves in that place. 
I know some kids, when you tell them that, oh, my mother has given my word to me, whatever I want to do, I will do. It is even very dangerous for you to live a life that nobody can talk into your life. For you to be able to do certain things and nobody can tell you that this thing that you are doing is wrong or this thing that you are doing is wrong. For everybody to keep their mouth shut. No. So you see that the grace of God that we are enjoying, it's not like there are no conditions to the grace of God. No. There are conditions. Those are the conditions that we are learning today. So if you thought that the grace of God gave you that room to operate and do whatever you wanted to do, no, there is not. The first thing that the grace of God is teaching us is that it is teaching us to what? Deny ungodliness. Amen. And the second one is that it's also teaching us to deny worldly lust. Hey. Amen. <laughs> the grace of God is teaching us we are still on Titus. Our main scripture is Titus chapter 2, 11 and 12. So the 12 says that teaching us that we deny ungodliness and worldly lust. So the grace, so we see that actually the grace of God that we thought had come to lower the standards has actually come to really raise the standard. Because you have the grace to go through. Amen. So the next time you are talking to your friend, Especially the young ones that say, oh, the grace of God is available. The grace of God is available. And you keep going through the thing. The Bible is teaching us that it, the grace of God that has saved you is that same grace that will be able to help you to deny worldly lust. Amen. And the third one is that the grace of God also helps us to live soberly, humbly. Amen. The grace of God comes with humility. Amen. And to live righteously and godly in this present life. In this present life. In this, you know, sometimes you might say, that, oh, I read it in the Bible, but that one is meant for Paul. Those times, they are those times that they were supposed to live godly, they are supposed to live and, uh, soberly and righteously. But it is the, 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 the phrase there is what? In this present age. No, 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 no. It's not 2,000 years ago when the scripture was written. In this present age, that. There are so many things happening around that is very negative. It is in these times that we need to live righteously. Amen. And one thing that the grace of God also puts our attention to is that it teaches us to look for the glorious appearing of Jesus Christ. It teaches us that. Look, it said, verse 13, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. And I want to look at, I want to talk about why we must pay heed to the grace, the blessings of the grace. Why we must pay, so why should we pay heed to the salvation? Why should we pay heed to that the grace had appeared unto all men? Why should we pay heed to the teachings? Why should we pay heed to the blessings of the grace? The first one that I want to talk about is that because we have a sinful inclination as well as others. You see, the grace of God is bringing our attention to these things because the matter that we have the grace of God does not mean that we are immune to sin. The matter that the grace of God has appeared to us does not mean that we cannot fall into certain kinds of sin that other people fall into. So the grace of God is opening our eye that you too, you have that flesh. The flesh has not gone anywhere. The flesh has not gone anywhere. Amen. And I believe that that's one of the reasons why most Christians of today, when somebody falls, we, we are so surprised and we are so shocked. 
Because we think that suddenly, because I have accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and the grace is working in my life, I've become a superhuman being. Oh. No. No. The last time I was talking to a friend, I was telling the brother, let's try as much as possible to see that there's nothing that is above us. There's nothing, 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 nothing. The grace of God does not warrant you to watch certain videos and say that, oh, because the grace of God is available, I'll be able to walk. You cannot walk through. You cannot. Amen. The youth, are you here? Amen. <laughs> I tell you, the spark that you say that, oh, this one is a spark. The spark, it can lead to fire. The spark. Can, you see, that COVID, eh, it was in some, is it Wuhan? Some Wuhan market, if that story is true, because now you don't even know. <laughs> assuming, okay, assuming without admitting, all things vinegar, that the Wuhan the, the virus was in Wuhan market. And that one person thought that, oh, this one is not, it's not anything serious. Look at where it has landed the world. After almost 18 months, the world. Hmm. So that's that. So you use the Wuhan virus as your, your so that the, the next time you are trying to go to that place. Just remember the Wuhan virus uh, example. That how it can spread. How it can spread and you can, you have, the, the, the grace of God does not uh, give you, uh, now we have the, uh, what do you call it, vaccine. The grace of God does not give you vaccine to sin on. If I should put it that way. The, 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 the grace of God does not give you AstraZeneca vaccine of sin. No. <laughs> it, uh, it is still with us. Amen. And, and all of us that are in church today, I know those watching, you might be working in church, you might be a pastor, you might be a minister, a department head, whatever. That particular portfolio, by the grace of God that you have, has not given you immunity to anything. Amen. So you have to really, really always get to know that you can easily slip. You can. I can slip. You can slip. Nobody. You remember the story in the Bible when Jesus says, so who do men think I am? They say, oh, this person said that you are this, you are that. Then, then Peter of all people gets up and says, Lord, you are the Christ, the Son of God. The Bible said that. Jesus told him that, you see, this thing that you said, it's not flesh and blood that has religion to you. I shall build my church. See, after that, Jesus started making declarations. Right after, Jesus started talking, then Peter said, oh God, no, 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 no. I think it's, 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 it's Reverend, I don't know, one of the messages that you preached, you said the, is it the Esau and the, the Simon and the Peter in you? Yes, yes, yes. So the flesh and the spirit in us, they are still there, whether there is grace or there is no grace, they are still working. Amen. So we must pay heed to the blessings of the grace because we have a sinful inclination as well as others. Yeah. The main fact that you are a Christian does not mean that you have special kinds of sins. No. The one that anybody else is going to, if you are going to, you can lie. 
you know. I think even now some people we like we that we like me now. It, it's like a, a default mode. You don't even know that lying is also part of a sin. It is. <laughs> As an excuse. Yeah. Our or alternative tweets. <laughs> Amen. And we must secondly we have we have to pay heed to the blessings of this grace because the enemy will seek to tempt us more than others. I tell you. The enemy sees that there is a particular package that the grace of God has brought or injected into your life that he is ready to tempt you more than anybody else. Amen. So the mere fact that you are not openly going to that night's club does not mean that you are exempted from all kinds of sin. Actually, what happens this way is that the enemy begins to take us from open sin to secret sin. Those of us that we call ourselves Christians, the enemy works on us more secretly. Because he knows that, oh, the open ones, because of people watching and there's a possibility that somebody will be there, I will not be engaged in any of these things. So now the enemy says, okay, if you don't want open sin, I will take you to the secret place, the secret sin. Amen. And so I will come to church. Everybody will see me. Oh, Pastor Sam, any secret, I have baggages that I'm carrying. That is what the enemy wants. So we must pay heed to the grace. Because the enemy, you see, the enemy, the, you know, the enemy likes uh, riding with the wave, I tell you. The, that's what the enemy does. He says, oh, you, you don't want people to see you. Uh, oh, I'll ride with you. I will deal with you at that level that you feel comfortable. That's how the enemy works. The, at the level, he, he's, he, you know, some people say the enemy pushes us. It's true, but his main trick is that he rides with us. When he sees that, oh, this one, you don't like, you don't like people to see your things. Say, okay, no problem. Me, I don't care about that one. I will deal with you. That level. I tell you. So we must be careful and pay heed to the grace. The grace, so the grace that is teaching us that we should deny ungodliness, we must pay heed to it because the enemy is ready to tempt us more. 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 And I tell you that when he gets that, his plans and his intentions for you and I are very grievous. Is it because, it's not because you were with him. You know, once you are with, you know, a certain part of the world, they say that if your, your, the, the witches in your home, they want to take you off the sea and they see you on a motorcycle, they leave you. Because you know that this motorcycle that you are on, <laughs> You are just going to, yeah, 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 they, they, they will just go and take, they will just go and take register, dead already. <laughs> Amen. So the enemy has put a lot of people on motorbikes. So he knows that they are dead already. But you, you've gone from the motorbike and you've sat in a bench. So the enemy is like, oh, this person has sat in this bench. I have to find a very, very grievous way of, because if not, I will not be able to get him out. Because you're not that exposed. So in that base of grace, the enemy brings coldness. In that base of grace, the enemy brings anger, bitterness, envy, unforgiveness, lies, hypocrisy, you know, duality. So is it that you might think that you are you see somebody in the in the in the in the motorbike going, oh, this person is a sinner. We all know that he's a sinner. But you are cooling your bench, enjoying the yours a sinner. Same. And you see, the plan that the enemy has for you, I have no idea. It will be like something. When he gets you, he will first take your strength away. Then after that, remove your eyes. 
It is the, it, the, the, the processes that the enemy wants to take you and I to, you have no idea. It's not one stage, oh. He, he will take you and I gradually, gradually. He will lead you small, small, small. Then by the time he's, he's done with you, he, that's why, you see, when somebody falls from the faith, sometimes it's more dangerous than somebody who's already in it. Like somebody who's like in the world. and everything. Because he, that's just his lifestyle. The enemy does not really pay attention. But once you come to the grace of God, you realize that it takes a lot more to be able to take away your strength. Amen. The third reason why we must pay heed to the blessings of this grace is that because our sins have more, this word, I don't even know why I wrote it. How do I even pronounce it? <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask you this. I have to be able to pronounce it. <laughs> so, because our sins, you and I, our sins, I'm talking about those that are enjoying the grace of God. Those that are enjoying the grace of God, our sins have a heinous aggravations. A serious aggravation. Your sin, you see, we have to pay heed to the grace of God because my sin, you see, they say that, oh, all sins are this. But you see, my sin has a very serious aggravation. Why am I saying that? Because my sin has a very serious aggravation because I am more hypocritical than somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Because the other person that is not in the faith, he's let everybody know who he is. But me, I'm saying something and I'm acting something else. And actually, my downfall can actually even lead to more people backsliding. So that's why your sin is, even though your sin, you might say that it's the same stealing. Yes, it is. But your sin has, is, the damage is too much. That's why you must pay heed to the grace, the blessings of the grace that is telling you that deny ungodliness. And your sin is also very deceitful. Very, very deceitful. Because the last time you came and you said, oh, preach on, pastor, preach, say it, preach it. Tell them, tell them you it is you. Oh. So, so you see that your sin is very deceitful. My sin, hidden sin, is very deceitful. And it's even a sin against knowledge because you know all it. You know all about the, what the scripture is saying about this, scripture is saying about this. Some people, they don't actually even know and they are in it. But you, you know it, and you are doing it, and you are working around it. And you are combining it. You are, you are, you are combining it easily, and it is working fully for you. May God have mercy on us. <laughs> Amen. The fourth reason why we must pay heed to the grace of God is that the blessing of the grace is that the enemy aims at using our aims at using the availability of grace to lessen impact of sin. I don't know if you get it. So you see that the enemy will use the availability of grace to lessen the impact of sin. Because the enemy will tell you that, oh, once you sin, you can easily go back and ask for forgiveness of sins. So it does, you, don't, you don't even have a problem. You get it? The grace of God is available for you. You can easily say the sinner's prayer. You can easily pray, Lord, forgive me of my sins because, and you go back. Which is a very dangerous sin for you and I. Because the enemy, you see, grace does not lessen impact of sin. Grace does not. No, 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 no. No. And grace does not take away the consequence of, 
você. You get it? So that's one of the things that the enemy is ready to do for you and I. Because once he's able to lessen or reduce the, the impact of sin, we easily flow in it, then quickly come back and ask for forgiveness of sin. And that's, that's one, uh, this particular one is one of the main strategies that the enemy is using in this dispensation of grace that we find ourselves. So everybody is talking about, oh, the grace of God is available, the grace of God is available, the grace of God is available. And we are continuously doing all that we want to do. And the other side of the spectrum, too, you also find people who are strictly according to the law. But the balance, the balance, the balance of living in that freedom that the grace brings, but yet still living a life that pleases God, is what God wants. Seeing the grace and still being very fearful of sin. Because you see, the grace did not come cheap. The grace that you and I enjoy, it is not cheap. It is not cheap. Jesus had to shed his blood for that particular grace that you and I are enjoying. It is not. Amen. So you see that actually the grace that we talk about, it is not as it, uh, some of us have uh, intended it in our minds. That, oh, we can just flow with it. We can just flow with it. We can just flow with it. It is not like that. It is not like that. Amen. And the next reason why we must pay heed to the blessings of the grace is that, especially for us in the, way, in the house of God, we need the grace of God to help us in our work. We need, let me put it, we need great grace. To help us in our work. Because you see, we cannot approach the work of God from a weakened position. We cannot. We cannot approach the work of God from a weakened Because you see, one thing that sin does to you and I is that it weakens us. It weakens us. It weakens us. It weakens us. And at its, at its, on the other side too, it also weakens our ability to do spiritual things. I'm not talking about the physical things that we come about, oh, cleaning here, go and share flyers. No, 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 no. It weakens your spirit and thereby weakening your ability to do certain spiritual things like praying, like fasting, like waiting on God. Like, no. Because, you see, sometimes one thing that we say that, oh, when I sin, I'll go and ask forgiveness. It's true. But it actually slows your pace of spiritual growth. Because, because you see, by the time that you'll be spending to praying and asking for, because you see, because the grace of God is available and your, 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 your conscience is so active, you don't feel okay to do certain things. So you always want to be right with God. And because you want to be right with God, you are not moving at that pace. So it's like you go forward, then you come back a little, then you want to sort yourself out now that you are okay. That, you, that time that you would have used to sort yourself out, you could have gone like five. But like you've gone three, you've come back one. So now you are two. Some people are on five. And you are now trying to sort yourself out. So the enemy is using this whole banter of going, coming, going, coming, asking for forgiveness, doing this, doing this, to slow you down. 
And the, the other consequence, which is the physical consequences, too, are there. You tell me, you see. That's what Paul said in the book of Romans chapter 6. Shall we continue to sin because grace abounds? And he answered it. He said, no. He said, no. The Bible says the wages of sin is what? It did not say the wages of sin for those who have grace is something also. Is the wage of sin with grace or without no grace? Is that? Yeah. And you know, sometimes we take it literal. We say the wages of sin is dead. So maybe, oh, that dead is the physical. No. The wages of sin is dead. See that if you've realized when you were moving in a particular momentum that maybe you came for, uh, there was a revival in church or you had your quiet time, the Spirit of God ministered to you, then you decided to move in a certain direction of becoming very prayerful, very this, very this. Then you started moving day one, day two, day three, day four, day five. The Spirit of God is moving in your life. Then there's a sin comes in. It kills the moment. It kills it. So when the Bible says the wages of sin is death, there you see that you've actually died of, on that particular journey that the Bible, that God was taking you. There was total death. Now you have to start again. That's what. And you know, the enemy likes this, you know. This, you know, it's like you are on the treadmill. You are sweating by going nowhere. You are just exercising. <laughs> Amen. I tell you, the grace of God brings a higher standard to you and I. The grace of God brings a higher standard. That's why all of us need to continuously assess ourselves. Continuously assess ourselves. And see that God purge me. Purge me. Purge me. Purge me. Purge me. Work on me. Work on me. You know? So that I can, because you see, if you read the account of Jesus, see that sometimes you say, that, oh, great grace, this grace. That, because you see that the, the grace that I brought in today, we have just looked at Titus chapter 2. And one of the benefits that we are seeing of grace is that it brings salvation. But grace brings a whole other things, which is higher than, because after the grace has given you salvation, there are other better things that the grace too can give unto you. But if we want to continuously be on this level of the salvation that grace has, grace does not only bring salvation. It brings a lot of spiritual maturity. But it will take discipline. It will take paying heed to the things that Paul wrote to Titus that we've listed here for you to begin to enjoy the other benefits that grace brings. Amen. And the last one about what you must pay heed to for the blessing of the grace is that because the honor of the Lord lies more on us than others. Our life, our life brings honor to God. You and I, our life brings more honor to God. Our life, the way we go about our business, you know, it brings more honor to God. See, just as when a son or a daughter does something and you say, oh, is this Mr. A or Mr. B's son or daughter? They say, yeah. So, oh, wow. I'm not surprised. You see, that kind of thinking is what 
brings that honor. So you and I, because we've professed that we are Christians, we are sons and daughters of God, all that we do brings honor to God openly and secretly. I always want to do all this because, you see, the open ones, we can easily let people see that, oh, I am, I'm on track. I'm on track. But what God actually even wants more is the honor we bring to him in our secret place. Because that is the place that the battle between the enemy always can say, have you seen your son? Have you seen your daughter? Have you seen what he's doing? Trying to hide it from everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Can God speak confidently, boldly about us like he was doing of Job? The enemy went to God and said, hmm. Have you, God told Job, have you considered my servant Job? The oh, <laughs> but this man, I've considered him, actually I've tried him, but just that because of that hedge that you provided around him, that's why it's not. Mm. What it means is that the enemy has opinion of all of us, I tell you. That's why the, 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 the sons of Sceva said, the, the enemy that... The, the, the devil that lies and said, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. But who are you? Just like the enemy has weighed all of us. Hmm. Hey, don't this, you know, now you see on television and on YouTube and all those places that we are lashing the enemy. You are deceiving. Well, lashing who? You are not. The enemy knows all. He, he has weighed all of us and he knows the things that can actually lead us on, the things that cannot lead us on and all those things. But I want to leave us with this, that the grace that God has given unto us, one of the things that God expects from it is that our life will bring honor to him. You and I, our life will bring honor. We are ambassadors of him on earth here and everything that we are doing. And because of that grace, that the package of grace that God has brought, the only thing we can do is to show honor by our lives. And I know and I pray that God will help you and I to be able to make use of that grace. Not just by letting others come into the fold, but by making our lives far better through the grace and the revelation of his word. Amen.